Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. One team in the early NFL that still stirs the emotion is now the defunct Canton Bulldogs organization. As we learned in part four of the series, the team rode a roller coaster ride of success and failure, an eighth place finish in the APFA in season one, a league they helped put together that did not sit well with ownership. Some changes we'd have to occur to bring the Bulldogs back to prominence. We have this story and more coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history. And as we have been doing for the last couple months here, we've been covering the Canton Bulldogs franchise. And uh, we, we are all the way up. This is part five of the series. If you haven't listened to part one through four, make sure you go back and do because it's uh, really a great series on a great team that's no longer with us but had some tremendous years in professional football. Before we start talking about the Canton Bulldogs, just want to let you know that you can know when every time we have a podcast drop, an article drop on either Pigskin Dispatch, JerseyDispatch.com, or Orville Mulligan Sports Writer, uh, our audio drama that takes place in the 1920s sports arena. You can know all of those by joining our email newsletter. It comes out daily, 6.30 a.m. Go to the show notes of this podcast or on PigskinDispatch.com and become an email subscriber to a newsletter. Now, when we left off last time, Canton was disappointed after a 7-4-2 eighth place finish in the new American Professional Football Association, the APFA. Owner of the team, Ralph Hay, along with team leaders, knew they would have to make some changes to become more competitive in the league. The first move was made by former Bulldog stars, Jim Thorpe and Joe Guyon, as they moved on to play with the Oorang Indian squad in 1921. Cap Edwards, veteran, he took over as the coach on the field, and new faces, including 13 rookies, were added to the Canton roster. Veterans like Swede Youngstrom joined the club from Buffalo to help fortify the line, along with returning starters of Cap Edwards, Pete Fats Henry, Al Feeney, and Ed Sauer. And they did improve in 1921 to a fourth place finish in the APFA, but it was far from the expectations of the Canton faithful. Ralph Hay carefully looked at his team's drop-off from the season of 1919 to the APFA years. And there was only one missing element from 1919 that was in the leadership and the play of one guy, Chamberlain. Chamberlain played in, on the APFA 1921 champion Decatur Staley's team with George Hallis. And Hallis described Guy as, quote, the best two-way end I've ever seen. He was tremendous tackler on defense and a triple threat performer on offense, end quote. Now, Chamberlain was one of those keys to the Staley's success in 1921. 
On December 3, 1921, in the city of Chicago, the Staley's defeated the first-place Buffalo All-Americans in what was realistically the APFA championship game because the winner would inevitably take the title. In the victory over Buffalo, Chamberlain intercepted a pass and returned at 90 yards for the game-winning touchdown. The thing was with the Staley's, who would soon become the Chicago Bears, was that Hallis was the leader of the club, and there was no room for Chamberlain to have input into the coaching and strategy of the franchise. It was one of those things, two dogs, one bone. Well, Hay recognized this, and after a couple conversations and the promise of being in control of the Bulldogs and its roster, Guy Chamberlain was again in the Canton fold. His presence and leadership made an immediate impact as he strengthened the team in the offseason by signing guard Tarzan Taylor, with whom he had played with on the Staley's, and tackle Link Lyman, a future Hall of Famer, an All-American who played at Chamberlain's alma mater, Nebraska. The Bulldogs started the season strong with a 38-0 blowout of the Louisville Brex in 1922. Then they faced what many consider their toughest test of the season when the Dayton Triangles hosted the Canton Bulldogs at Triangles Park in Dayton, and the two squads finished in a scoreless draw. Next was a 14-0 shutout versus Jim Thorpe's Urang Club, followed by a 22-0 drubbing of the league's first champions, the Akron Pros. Two strong opponents were on the schedule after that. The defending champion, Chicago Bears, formerly Decatur, and the upstart, Toledo Maroons. Canton held both of these potent teams scoreless in a 7-0 win over Chicago, and then a scoreless tie versus Toledo. These were significant, in particular the win over the Bears, but the gauntlet of quality opponents was far from over during this season. The next three games were also against strong opponents as the Buffalo All-Americans tested the Bulldogs as a second quarter field goal lifted Canton to a three to nothing victory. And then two games against the Chicago Cardinals and a home and home series were at hand. The Dogs took both games, seven nothing in the first meeting in Chicago and then a 20 to three victory in front of the home fans in Canton. The latter game had all of the Bulldogs' points scored in the fourth quarter as the Redbirds held a slim 3-0 lead for most of the game. The Canton 11 finished off the season with three additional wins, one over Akron, one over the Milwaukee Badgers, and again over Toledo, a team they tied earlier. Chamberlain had led the 1922 Bulldogs to an NFL championship title with the best record in the NFL and an undefeated 10-0-2 record. The team shut out 9 of 12 opponents and allowed only 15 points in 12 games. The move by Hay to bring back uh, Chamberlain into the fold was a wise one as the Canton Bulldogs were back on top of professional football. Now, that is a place where we like to stop here, and we're going to come back and join up what happens to Canton in the 1923 season and beyond as we go into part six and beyond there, too. Glad you could join us today. Hope you enjoyed this football history on some early pro football teams. And, uh, you know, that's 100 years ago. We're recording this in 2022. 1922 was that championship for the great uh, Canton Bulldogs as they climbed back out of uh, what was sort of the doldrums of the, the league, the new league that they helped develop and win that championship with Guy Chamberlain. What a difference he made. I hope you enjoyed this today and hope you'll join us each and every day for some more great sports history here on pigskindispatch.com. And until uh, tomorrow, everybody, have a great gridiron day. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. 
we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.